What's going on, guys? This is Dave Heilman, a.k.a. Dynasty Dorks. This is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast presented to you by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. Boost the same game parlays to, to in-game odds. WinBet has what you need to win. If you sign up today, you bet $100. You're going to get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Head over to store.sportslandpodcast.com and use promo code MADNESS for 10% off all orders, $40 or more. All right, it's com- combine weeks over. I know everybody's trying to digest all that we just took on, and we're going to help you with that tonight with some of our biggest risers and fallers based on the combine. Um, but before that, we had some news today. Derek Carr got signed by the New Orleans Saints. Geno Smith received an extension. Calvin Ridley was reinstated. We saw Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, as well as... Evan Ingram, all get franchise tagged. We got more tags possibly coming tomorrow. Brad, let's talk about Derek Carr. What are your thoughts with him going to the Saints? I I, I love it. I, I love the opportunity with Alvin Kamara there as the pass catcher, a young, right, well, second-year wide receiver now, and Chris Olave, Michael Thomas possibly being there still. Uh, looks like Jarvis, well, not looks like Jarvis Landry being a free agent. You know, they're, they're going to bring in some more talent. They got another first round pick for selling, you know, basically selling Sean Payton to the Denver Broncos. So they're going to have some more talent to put around Derek Carr more so than what he had really. Last year was rough because he had Devontae Adams and that as great as Devontae Adams is, that's it. Darren Waller was hurt a lot. Hunter Renfro was hurt a lot. No more Zay Jones. And then they leaned on Josh Jacobs a lot. So I think it's going to be a nice, well-rounded offense uh, and I, I like the landing spot for him much more than the Jets and and kind of the the just kind of unknown around there uh, and and whatnot. So I, I like the spot. I've got him in a, in a couple in a couple dynasty leagues, and I'm pretty happy with it right now. So yeah, I, I think I, I'm not moving him up my rankings, but I'm definitely not dropping him down. Um, maybe moving him up a hair or two. But I like the spot. I told I told you guys, NFC South, anywhere in the NFC South, I was going to be happy. He gets to play in domes, play against bad teams, and all of them have at least one good young weapon. And you could see, you know, the them add to something in New Orleans, add to Chris Olave. They got Rashid Shahid, Jawan Johnson as well. Um, they got a first and I believe a third for Sean Payton. And they got Sean Payton in a fourth one over to Denver. So the next is uh, Geno Smith signing. Um, so Brad, what are your thoughts about Geno Smith signing with Seattle? I think it's a lot of a money. Huge fan of Geno. Yeah, it's happening. It's just a, a lot of money for a guy who gave you one year of. I, I get it. He led the league in completion percentage. I just think it was a lot, and I think you're going to be fine. I think Geno Smith is going to continue to do what we saw him do last year. I just don't think Geno Smith puts you over the top. 
right? I still don't think that this could potentially prevent them from drafting, say, an Anthony Richardson. There's a lot of talk around Anthony Richardson going to Seattle, and this would be premier for him to be sitting behind Geno Smith for two of those three, because likely that third year they can get out of and save some cap space, save some money, uh, give Anthony Richardson a couple years to sit behind Geno Smith. Uh, but I, like I said, I'm, I'm not wowed by it. They talk, they were talking about how they were trying to get a deal done in season. We kind of knew it was coming, you know, for, for all, in all retrospects. I just, like I said, I don't think he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I don't yeah, think I, I fully expected him to get signed. Um, he's won the locker room. And I think that's a big deal with what they have going on in Seattle. Um, and they may not think that they're a Super Bowl team, but they're going to build that team up and then maybe get their quarterback another time. They could, like you said, at the fifth pick, easily get one of these quarterbacks, or they can do what Seattle always does and trade back and get a bevy of picks and get a whole lot of value in that roster. And Geno Smith, as far as quarterback standard, it's a lot of money. But as far as quarterbacks, it's similar to what Derek Carr got paid. The details haven't come out. But like you said, it's probably a one or two year deal with a, you know, an out on year three. And they can probably move on from him if they want to or if things work out, keep going. Uh, Tony Pollard, Evan Ingram, Josh Jacobs all got tags. The Giants are either going to tag Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley tomorrow or today. And Lamar Jackson's probably going to get the other tag. Anything with any of those guys? I think from a dynasty perspective, you use this opportunity to sell Tony Pollard, to be completely honest. And the reason I say that is, you know, he's already 25 going on 26. That's old-ish by running back standards, right? And he's on a one-year franchise tag. He's going to enter free agency next year at 20 going on 27 I just don't think that's a great place to be from a dynasty perspective so I would be looking to try to get that top 12 value top 15 value out of Tony Pollard right now all right well let's check back in with the sponsors we're going to talk about the NFL combine and everything that we we learned um over the last few days and try to help you guys out yeah, we are brought to you by WinBet, and it is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. the WinBets Build Your Own Bet. March Madness, right around the corner, and there are plenty of ways to win getting down with other sports like the NBA, the NHL, and even the XFL. Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. That is limited to state availability. And of course, for our DGENs, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you'll get a $1,000 free credit. There are so many things to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so that they know we sent you. Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbed.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbed is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So there's really five quarterbacks to talk about in this class. So we're going to go through them pretty quickly. But if you would say one person out of those five that improved their stock the most, Brad, it's got to be Anthony Richardson. Yeah, it's not even a question. <laughs> so – as far as Anthony Richardson, does, did he do enough this weekend to move up your rankings? Where do you currently have him, and did it change? No, no. He is still my QB5 behind Hinton Hooker and Will Levis and Stroud and Young. 
look, I get it. He's an athletic freak, 100%. And I get it. Everybody's going to chase after the legs and the upside that he's got there. But he still needs to be able to play the quarterback position. And I just – I need to see it before I'm willing to take that shot because – Right now, where it stands, you're likely going to have to spend the 104 to get him in a dynasty league, right? In a super flex dynasty league, because it's going to be Bijan, then it's going to be Young, then Stroud, and likely your league is looking at Anthony Richardson at the 104. I am not spending the 104 on an unknown at the quarterback position that we've seen one year of eh, production at the quarterback. So I, I can't rise him right now, but I get it. I'm probably in the minority. I saw him go 101, and that was before the workout. Um, if you were sitting in the stands, the fans were cheering for him. I brought this up on a show previously. I know the owners are probably looking, you know, little draft day kind of draft day style, looking over at the coach saying, hey, go get him. I think you could see a trade up early the, this week, as soon as this week, and with the quarterback starting to domino, starting to fall, I think you could see a trade. And Anthony Richardson – Maybe he doesn't deserve to be in the conversation for the number one overall pick, but I think he's in the conversation. And NFL draft capital has a huge influence on dynasty value and opportunities. And I love Hennon Hooker, but he just does not have the same kind of steam that these other guys are having. And and I think I might have to move Hooker down, and I might have to move Richardson up. Uh, let's. I'm going to talk about uh, C.J. Stroud, and I think C.J. Stroud had a great workout. Not only did, did it seem like the interviews and everything went well, but the only things really talked about with C.J. Stroud this weekend were positive. Everybody was focused on some weight. Everybody was focused on, you know, what does Levis and Richardson look like throwing? And under the radar, he had the probably the best combine of them all. And uh, I really liked what I saw at the end of the season there where we saw him use his legs and start to be a little bit more creative outside of the pocket. It's not necessarily a huge rushing ability, which he did have some rushing upside, but just a creative creativity out of the pocket. Like Joe Burrow is not a huge rusher, but he's creative outside of the pocket. He buys his receivers time. He's a playmaker. You didn't see that from Stroud really most of the season. And we saw it at the end. And Dale Jeremiah said a scouting phrase is that if you can do it once, you can do it. And so I'm going to bet on the fact that he's, he's done it once. I've seen it and he can do it. So CJ Stroud's moving up for me. Brad Bryce Young came in 5'10 and like an eighth. Um, he also was um, 204 pounds. Shame on whoever took that picture of him with the shoes. All of those guys were wearing the same like no bill apparel. He yeah. did not have these like platform shoes on. And the person that took that picture was not from the media because the media was on the other side of the podium. Whoever took that picture was an agent from another another team or somebody that worked for the event. Just interesting. Saying. Just saying. But Brad, what do you thought Bryce Young's combine? Yeah, I liked it. I, I mean, I wish he would have done. I, I wish he would have thrown. That that would have been nice to see. Uh, but I think coming in at two hundred five, he's talked about it. He says, "Hey, my goal is to be at two fifteen come draft time, and if he can manage to do that in a healthy manner." where it's actual mass and not like water weight, trying to make weight for a wrestling match or whatever. Uh, I think that's the key. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not too concerned. I know you've talked about the outliers that being a big issue, you know, you don't draft outliers. I think he's clearly 
Um, all, well, I can't say that now because I really like what I saw from Stroud. So there's a chance he could be the one uh, for me. But I, they're clearly the top two quarterbacks, and it, I'm not going to argue with anybody who says it's not close if they have Bryce Young at one. And so Will Levis really impressed people. I know there's this weird story about the milk and things like that. Um, but there was con- like Matt Miller said that Will Levis looked like a father throwing out with his son and his friends. He was in a different class, like as far as the grouping, than all the guys in his group. He was not grouped with Stroud and Richardson. And he looked pretty dominant out there. And he, you know, looked, you know, he had the cutoffs going on. Um, but he looked big and, you know, a lot of people were pretty impressed. What are your thoughts about Will Levis's combine? I was not. I, I, I mean, I was impressed with his the zip on the ball, but he underthrew a couple of those go routes. I, I just I don't think he helped himself necessarily. Every report that you hear is there was clear zip on the ball and this and that. And everybody is, you know, praising Will Levis for coming out. There's two things with him right now. One, like I said, I don't think he threw the best, right? Yes, he threw with velocity. I get it. But we knew that. We knew he could do that. The question was, can you make all the throws? And I don't think he proved that he could do that, number one. Number two, the arrogance level with this dude is real. It's real. And I think it might be a freaking problem. Um, And that is concerning to me Um, with, uh, you know, I'm going to be the best, uh, and I get it. You want your athletes to 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 strive for that, but just the way that he handled himself in the interviews—that it's just a little too arrogant for me. So um, I'm starting to wonder a little bit if that's going to rub some teams the wrong way, especially with the the just outlandish performance by Anthony Richardson. The fact that Stroud looked really good, I think he's going to end up being the quarterback that kind of falls down and be the fourth or the fifth option uh, off the board right now. Yeah, and, and Daniel Jeremiah, he usually is pretty, you know, he's pretty in tune with what the NFL teams are feeling. And it sounds like, you know, Will Levis is, is he's not going to make it past the Raiders at seven. Um, but it sounds like, you know, the Carolina Panthers don't think that Will Levis or Anthony Richardson are going to be available at nine. And so they're very aggressive on trying to move up to the one or move up. You could see a situation where Chicago moves back to two and then moves back to four. I mean, I doubt they continue to move back and back, but you could see a double trade back from Chicago Bears because they have, they have so many. Uh, thanks, man. They have so many um, needs on that roster, and they need to get back to a spot where they know they can get Will Anderson. Um, yeah, Brad's shirt is is awesome. Yeah, I, I got bracelet on too. It says it so. And we we definitely uh, we definitely did rep- represent SGPN. Um, and, you know, I didn't see that with the arrogance and stuff with Will Levis. Um, I, but I, I didn't get to see too much of his combine as far as the interview for the podium stuff. Uh, I did get to, in a passing, say, you know, hey, congrats, Will. And he at least acknowledged me, which was cool. But I didn't get to spend too much time with him because it was so hard to get to those top quarterbacks. Um, but I do think that people are really, really um, – Going after, um, you know, they're going to be putting pretty high up there, and we'll see. Usually, about two out of these five quarterbacks really pan out. Um, as far as um, Hennon Hooker, Hennon Hooker nailed his his interview as far as the podium. 
lot of people were talking about him. I had someone come over to me and say, man, that Hen and Hooker's a sleeper. And I was like, well, you don't know who I am. You know, must not listen to my show because that's my guy. Um, I think Hen and Hooker is going to be one of these guys that is, uh, you know, he's going to fall into a better spot because, you know, later in the draft. And I would love to see him as the guy that's sitting behind Gino or, you know, have him go to a spot where he can sit for a year, get all healed up and learn. Um, Dale Jeremiah made a great point and said, you know, the difference between him and Anthony Richardson is that like he's a finished product. He's 25 years old and he's probably closer to his ceiling already. And so if you're happy with that and you think that that's good and you think that that can go win you games and win you a championship, then you take that. But there's probably not a lot of room for growth or at least perceived to be. But when you've got a guy like Anthony Richardson or CJ Stroud or, or any of these other guys that are younger, there's perceived room for growth. Um yeah, we're talking to Seattle with Geno Smith. They're, I mean, he's thirty something years old and had the best season he's ever played. So I'm not buying. Yeah, that, well, I, I I'll go to um, you know, and there's been older guys that have done well, older guys that have not done well. I mean, Joe Burrow is an older yeah. guy. Um, Brandon Whedon was an older guy. <laughs> Two different, totally different paths. Um, you <laughs> oh, know, man, Brandon, you, poor, man, yeah. why you got to bring up Cleveland Browns? Um, Come on, man. So uh, as far as, you know, favorite rookie to talk to, there are so many of them. I'll stay stick with the quarterbacks. I did like talking to DTR. I thought he was really interesting. And I think as far as a late round guy, DTR is going to be a guy. Um, you know, Hayner is another guy. I think pe- those guys going to go, you know, late day two, early day three um, and Jaron Hall. Um, let's move on to the, the running backs. But before we do that, let's check back in with the sponsors. Um, I want to talk to you guys, you know, about underdog fantasy. Uh, we're also brought to you by underdog fantasy. Underdog is your home for off season NFL best ball drafts. Uh, our guys, Josh and, and Andrew do a great, uh, Justin and Andrew do a great job doing best ball all the time. You can, you know, draft with them. Um, we've also, they've also got you covered for other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA. Underdog fantasy is a great way to get down with your underdog favorite uh, player props they're not available in your state, head over to underdogfantasy.com. Um, use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. So moving on to the running backs. There was a ton of running backs, and like there's a ton of running backs that I really enjoyed talking to. And what I really liked hearing from the running backs is who they've been meeting with. Um, Zach Evans, first team out of his mouth was the Patriots, which was interesting. A lot of Eagles, a lot of Cowboys. The two most popular answers for who people met with were the Eagles and the Saints. And the third was the Texans. Those teams came up with almost every single running back that I talked to, that those teams are looking for running backs. And, you know, and it's, it's not like the old days where you got a, a big guy and a little guy and a pass-catching guy, and a kick returner. You want a stable of four good running backs. You want them to be interchangeable chess pieces. Maybe you have one, you know, kind of particular, you know, skill set guy. And so I, I, I wouldn't love it if Zach Evans went over to, you know, Ramondre Stevenson, probably heard, each, heard them both. But Jameer Gibbs was a very popular guy. Devin A. Chain, very popular guy. Zach Evans, Israel Avanaconda, Chase Brown. Very popular guys. Brad, if there's one running back that stood out as far as in, in improving their stock, who would you say it is? 
I think it's got to be Chase Brown, right, from Illinois. He's a guy that he led the combine in several different categories at the running back position. He also ran fast. So I think he's a guy that, you know, maybe folks weren't paying a whole lot of attention to, even though he rushed for 1,600 yards uh, and had some really solid games against some solid opponents. But I think he finally probably is on the board for a lot of folks that maybe didn't recognize him. And I think he's going to end up being a value for you in the middle of the second. Uh, Yeah, we'll get to the tight ends, but um, I didn't hear anything about Darnell Washington to Georgia. but I didn't get to talk to Darnell too much. Um, but um, there was a Washington reporter going around and every everybody he talked to, and they did talk to a lot of receivers, a lot of running backs, and they definitely talked to a lot of tight ends. A lot of the tight ends that I t- you know, talked to that talked to the Washington commanders um, and specifically talked about meeting Mr. Eric. Um, uh, Kendra Miller was, was a guy that I felt like really represented kind of the bigger backs. Um, he's not a big back, but as far as like a lot of these guys that came in under 215, he was was a bigger back. I thought that he helped himself. Eric Gray and Tajay Spears. Tajay Spears continues to check all the boxes. Um, I was telling this on the other show. Um, I, 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 you thought a comedian was over at his podium. Everybody was cracking up. Everybody was having a good time. Tajay Spears was definitely someone that people remembered when they walked out of there and then he just absolutely crushed the combine. So unless something happens with his medical that comes back concerning, this guy is going to be one of the top three or four running backs off the board. People were really impressed by him and um, the senior bowl, the USC game put him on the map. The senior bowl really, really opened people up to him. And then he's showed everybody this whole off season that he belongs in your top five. Yeah, I think uh, Zach Charbonnet is another one for me. He didn't blow the combine out of the water, but he he had a nice combine. And when you look at that, had he run really slow, that would have hurt him, right? I think had he not shown the explosiveness that you could get from a guy that size, his he, he was one of those guys whose stocks could have fallen after the combine. But I think he stayed pretty solidified, likely probably the third running back coming off the board after Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. So here's here's my embarrassing story, and I haven't even told Brad this. So um, I'm I'm there just kind of recording Zach Charbonnet. I'm trying to, like, get some stuff. My phone's about to die. I'm getting – I'm trying to, like, go through a bunch of stuff, and then everybody clears out, and it's just me, Stacey Dales, and Zach Charbonnet. And I, like, couldn't even think of, like, a question to ask him. And it was, like – just so embarrassing because I'm like, I, I finally like had one-on-one with Zach Charbonnet and I'll regret that for a long time. Um, man. But yeah, like the, it cold was, feet. yeah, I got, I got cold feet, man. I was <laughs> like, man, uh, you know, what's your favorite candy bar? Like, I didn't know what to say. You know? <laughs> What'd you have for lunch today, Zach? Oh uh, yeah. Um, Eric Gray is another one. I think I mentioned earlier. Um, I, I was really impressed by him. I mean, I think he's, I think, you know, he's another guy that people need to be talking more about. Uh, let's move on to the receivers. Uh, who's a receiver that um, hurt their stock? I think Jordan Addison could have hurt his stock, and it's not really any fault of his own. He didn't run super fast, uh, and then he ended up with some sort of a back, you know, back spasm or strain or something. 
and really limited himself through the rest of the combine outside of the interview process. So I was a little concerned there. I think he really could have shown off and, and, and really kind of solidified himself as the art, the wide receiver one. And that didn't, that didn't happen. And I think because he ran kind of slow, there's a world where he really does fall down into maybe the mid to late twenties in the first round of the NFL draft now. Yeah, uh, I think Keishon Boutte, um, he didn't really do himself a, a lot of favors, didn't really have an overwhelming. He just kind of – you want a guy to stand out. Like, you're seeing him amongst his peers, and you want to see him do something that stands out. Um, I didn't get to interview him because um, physicals got backed up, and then they were like, well, Boutte's late because of a medical. And I'm like, oh, crap. I'm like – and they're like, no, no, it's not him. It's some There's only two doctors doing medical for all the receivers, and one person got backed up and backed everybody up. So I didn't even get to see him, but Josh Downs ended up coming up. And I'll tell you, Josh Downs and the Tank Dell are small. Those are some small dudes. I did not feel that with Jordan Addison. I mean, I, I, I saw him. I was standing on the same level as him. And, um, you know, it just was not – not um, – you know, it wasn't. I mean, he's, he's six foot. He's got some size, some height to him. Whereas, you know, Josh Downs doesn't have that height. He's he's tiny and he's short. So, yeah, Zay Flowers stood out. Um, I think that he's might be the number three on a lot of people's boards right now. Um, he, he may have jumped Addison on some boards. I still have JSN and Addison above Zay Flowers. Um, you know, I think that there's some other guys. I think there's a clump of players that we'll see based on draft capital, whether they move up or down the board. There's a lot of good receivers in this class. Some guys that people <clears throat> need to keep an eye out for AT Perry um, out of Wake Forest. I thought he was good. Xavier Hutchinson out of Iowa state. I thought he was, he was really impressive. Um, Brad, I'll give you this one kid from Maryland. Rakim Jarrett? Yeah. Yes, he did help himself for sure. I think he did a good interview. He ran fast. He looked good. Uh, I, he caught the ball, which was nice uh, because he did have some drop issues. So that was good to see solid hands. And and just remember, this dude was hugely recruited, hugely recruited. Uh, and the years at Maryland just never really came to fruition. Uh, you know, they had coming into this season, there was a lot of hype around him and Demas, uh, and it just didn't click. That offense didn't click with with Tug of Iola. So uh, but I do think he did himself some justice at the combine. And I think he's going to end up getting a, a pretty decent landing spot, uh, probably late day two, uh, mid to late day two draft capital for him. Yeah, um, we'll uh you guys what Andrew's talking about here. This is my son, Jakey, running the 40, uh, approximately a 12 flat. All right, there he goes. We also got his uh, measurements. Um, nice. Kyler Murray was the comp. Um, <laughs> he's got a whole lot of upside. Um, but my side brought my son there. We did the experience. And then um, they actually put my 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 tweet out on, uh, on the big screen. So um, some people got a kick out of that. And uh, nice. my... Everyone on our our like our section like pointed to my son, and he was just so excited to be on the big screen at the Lucas Oil. So, 
Um, yeah, Andrew, if you can, um, the draft is similar. Um, it's a real good time for the kids and obviously it's good memories. Um, you know, the, the other receiver, you know, Marvin Mims, uh, I thought was, you know, had a good, good day. Um, but Jalen Hyatt, I think Jalen Hyatt is someone that could potentially go as high as the number one receiver off the board. Um, I know not everyone's impressed by him. One year production is scary, but this guy's got speed. This guy looks like a star. And everyone, everyone there was treating him as, as, as such. He had all the media talking to him and people that were, you know, kind of going through their like assignments. He was a big point of interest from the national media. And that tells me that a lot of teams are talking about him. Um, and there's some other guys. I'm going to do a write-up on my biggest risers and fallers, but those were kind of the, the big guys. Um, and the kid from West Virginia – Six foot four, two thirteen, ran a four four. Um, he was pretty impressive um, for Wheaton. Um, as far as the uh, the tight ends, Brad, who would you say is the um, you know person that helped himself the most? Uh, the kid out of Clemson, I think, probably did the most for his draft stock. So he didn't run super fast, but really none of the tight ends ran super fast, which was a little. A little shocking to me that we didn't have somebody that just blew it out of the water. But he ha- has had, and I'm talking about Davis Allen, he did have some solid uh, production at Clemson for really three years. He saw a decent number of snaps, had some good production, and really produ- you know, showed out good in the explosive numbers here at the Combine as well. So, so that's the guy to me that I think really looked – uh, like he could have jumped a little bit. And I, it would not shock me if he ends up being the third or the fourth tight end taken off of the board uh, because there he hasn't been talked about a lot, but the, that steam is starting to build a little bit and the momentum is, is starting to come up for, for Davis Allen. Yeah, and Luke Musgrave, they were treating him as if he was one of the top tight ends. And uh, I think if he's not on your top list, he should be. Um, other tight ends were mentioning him. Um, but Luke Musgrave was someone that absolutely stood out as far as um, there was a lot of media presence. He had a good combine, answered his, uh, you know, answered his, his questions really well. Um, I loved Leonard Taylor's interview, and I know he's not going to go. Um, going, going back to guys that I loved, C.J. Johnson. I got, I like got distracted like hanging out with him and I like spent way too much time with CJ Johnson, but I was really impressed by him. Um, CJ Palmer was cool. Demario Davis was cool. Um, but Leonard Taylor, I mean, I just was like, just, he just, he's a guy that probably not going to be a huge fantasy guy, but I think he's going to be a, a good pro in the league. Started 60 games for um, Cincinnati Bearcats really engaging speaker was just, you know, answering all the questions. Seemed like a true pro loves to block and uh Litsu from Alabama as well. Um, but the, the, the one guy that really stood out at the combine was Koontz. Um, he ran the fastest 40 of tight ends. Um, him, uh, he, he, he said, he, he got me when he said his, you know, play, he said player, I said, who was a player that you play like? And he's like, Jeremy Shockey. And I was like, <laughs> you're my tight end one now. Yeah, like you got me, bro. Um, I was I liked him, but there was there was you know, quite a few tight ends. I think this is a very deep tight end class. So if you're shopping for tight ends, you're not gonna have to go super early. 
And then the last one, um, Sam Laporta. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to get the, uh, you know, the the first question off. And he, I was like, you know, what teams you met with? And he was like, he's met with four teams formally. It was the the uh, it was Cardinals, was the Bengals, was the Dolphins, and there was another. I can't remember it. Um, but the, he met with twelve teams total. And uh, Laporta was definitely someone that NFL Network was putting emphasis on. And Iowa tight ends just translate better. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're used to playing in a pro-style offense. Um, what are your thoughts on Caden Ellis' IDP? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not your IDP guy, so I'm not going to pretend. Um, there was this guy, McDonald, that jumped over a car. That was cool. Um, there was, I mean, there was a lot of good. Jack Campbell was a stud. Yep. Um, Jack Campbell would be probably the biggest riser. Uh, the one that stood out to me, and this, this is kind of cheating, I guess, but the kid out of Georgia, uh, Nolan Smith, <laughs> crushed his interview, right? That Stacey Dales talked to him on the sideline. He was, he was recruiting guys to Georgia, talking about what the locker room looked like. He ran the fastest out of all the defensive ends. He crushed the combine uh, at that defensive end position. So I think he's probably a guy that – you were probably looking more at like an early second round pick likely probably scooted himself up into the first round there. Uh, I haven't got, I didn't get to see all of the defensive stuff because I was traveling those first couple days uh, to get down here because of flight cancellations and everything else. But if you're really looking for that IDP stuff, you need to go check out at the IDP tipster. That's our guy, Gary Van Dyke. That is, that's where you're going to get all of your IDP information through SGPN. Uh, Gary is the man. If you haven't watched his shorts, if you haven't watched uh, their, any of their YouTube videos or whatnot, you're missing out. So make sure you check them out on the SGPN Fantasy Football Network. Yeah, I, I did talk to the linemen and we asked them, you know, a lot of people asked them questions about who the toughest guy you faced. Mozzie Smith from Michigan was brought up quite a bit. Um, Jack Campbell was brought up. Um, the, the Drew Sanders from Arkansas was brought up. As far as a corner, Witherspoon is a playmaker. He takes the ball away from the defense. He's not just the defender like some of the other guys. Um, and then Brown, um, you know, the uh, Chase Brown's brother um, over there plays safety for Illinois. He was another person that um, people talked a lot about. But, uh, yeah, man, it was a great experience. Uh, I encourage any, everyone to, you know, try to go to the combine, go to the NFL draft, do those kind of things. It was cool to be able to do, and I appreciate, uh, you know, Sean and SGPN allowing me to go and represent. I did not ask a whole lot of fancy football questions because I didn't want to get booed out of the place. I did ask them about Madden uh, a little bit, like, you know, what's what's it going to be like being in Madden? And um, I think it was Israel Abinaconda said, uh, like, it hit me when I was, like, doing the player, like, like the like, like they're, like, making me into the game. He's <laughs> like, that was, like, pretty freaking cool. And then a lot of them, like, Keaton Mitchell was like, he's a gamer. And he plays 2K. He plays a little Madden. Um, Trey Palmer said he's the best uh, Madden player in the whole uh, out of the, out of everyone at the combine. Um, but a lot of the guys, they were like, "Yeah, like didn't think about that." But that's going to be awesome to be in the game and be like, you know, part of like part of all that. Because I told him, I said, "Fantasy football and Madden and all that, like it's going to be a huge part of your brand as an offensive player." And yep. uh, like Zach Evans, I told him, I was like, "Man, if you got a Twitter account." It said you probably want to you probably want to just uh, hit the mute button on all of us dynasty guys. Oh, um, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, I said 
Uh, some of us are bigger fans than others. Uh, and I told him I was a big fan. Um, and I am. My guy, Zach Evans, is my RB3. So, um, Brad, we've, you know, we've done this real quick. Uh, I'm going to do an article on it as well. Um, if you guys have any questions, check it out. And we're going to have a whole lot of um, draft profiles coming out here soon. As always, good luck this season. Cheers.